0: Brothers and sisters, we now turn to the word of the Lord. You're welcome to open your Bibles there at home. I'll give you a moment to turn to Romans chapter 5. Our lesson today is uh, the first 11 verses. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, and that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life." But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. When you take your car to the repair shop, because the engine is making a strange sound that you know it shouldn't, you fully expect the mechanic to figure out and tell you exactly what the problem is, right? Because you don't want your car to break down on some lonesome highway in the middle of the night, far from home, leaving you stranded. So even when the estimate for the labor and the parts Is more than you expected, more than you'd like to pay, you do what all of us do. You do whatever is necessary to make sure your car is repaired and ready for the road. I don't know of anyone who likes to spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars on automobile repairs. I certainly don't. But we do what we need to do to make things right when it comes to our transportation. When you're feeling sick and you go to see the doctor, you want the physician, right, to accurately diagnose your illness. If you have an infection, you want the doctor to discover it and write a prescription for the right medication that will get rid of it. If you go to an emergency room because you're injured, you expect the medical team to determine the exact nature of your injury and then to do whatever's necessary to put you on the path to healing. As a patient, you want a proper diagnosis, you expect an honest prognosis, and you trust that an appropriate plan of medical treatment or therapy will be prescribed. So it's more than ironic that the very same people who want to have their cars repaired rightly, the very same people who want their bodies to receive correct medical treatment will then ignore the cure that God offers for their souls. Intelligent and thoughtful men and women who are willing to face the truth about the damage done to their car engines or the extent of their physical afflictions will often get angry when it comes to facing the full extent of their spiritual sickness. Now God's word clearly and honestly tells us the problem. It's described throughout the Bible in various ways, but it always points to the same reality about every human being. The diagnosis the word of God presents is our spiritual disease, you could say. And this is how The Apostle Paul writes up the diagnosis in his letter to the Romans. It's right there in chapter 5. On our own, oh, we're so weak, some translations say that we're powerless. On our own, we're ungodly. We're sinners. In fact, and this is strong language, isn't it? Or even enemies of God this is the truth the truth about us this is the truth about you and I know full well that it is the truth about me yet many people get angry and defensive about this diagnosis they will say it's so judgmental people will call this diagnosis unfair harsh. They will reject it because they believe no one has the right to say such things about them, not even God. And friends, this is truly tragic because people who fail to face the truth about their spiritual sickness, people who refuse to face the truth about their their inner disease, Bible tells us that they will die from their sickness, that they will die in their sickness. In fact, the Word of God says that they're as good as dead already and they just don't know it. Now think about this. If the mechanic looks under the hood of your vehicle and says, You should have come to see me a lot sooner. Your your car's in really bad shape. You got a broken valve. One of the cylinder heads is burning way too hot. There's a leak in your water pump, and you've got a defective cooling fan. No one ever says to the mechanic, Well, how dare you say such unkind and unloving things about my beautiful car? Aren't you the self-righteous Mr. Know-it-all? I think I'll just go on down the road and find a mechanic who loves and appreciates my fine automobile and will say nice things about it. No one does that. People don't react this way when the truth about their cars is told. But they often will when the truth is told about the condition of their hearts. Imagine an emergency room in which the physician has examined a person who came in after taking a nasty fall, perhaps while hiking here in New Mexico in our beloved Sandia Mountains. The doctor observes that the patient's ankle is swollen. It's badly bruised. He calls for x-rays to make sure it's not just a severe sprain. And sure enough, those x-rays reveal a severe fracture. The doctor says, I'm sorry, but we're gonna need to set the bone so it heals properly, and then you'll need to be in a cast for at least the next eight weeks. Well, who among us would say to the doctor, a broken ankle? How dare you? I've never had a fractured bone in my entire life. What gives you the right to say such a thing? You see, people using their common sense don't react this way when Doctors rightly diagnose their injuries, but they will when someone, even if that someone is the living God, tells them the truth about their spiritual condition. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is not being judgmental as we think of that word. I mean, none of us likes to be around a person that's judgmental and self-righteous, right? But the Lord is not being judgmental when he tells us that without him, we're weak, powerless, and even sinful. God is simply being honest. And since he is God, he is the one, he is the only one who has the power and the authority to diagnose our condition for what it truly is. Yet many people, have walked away from this truth they look for other answers they seek places they seek personalities they seek people where they can hear what they want to hear that they aren't that bad and nothing is really wrong with them that's, that's like, like thinking it. that washing your car so it looks all nice and clean and shiny will take care of that fluid that's constantly dripping on the driveway every time you park it. It's like thinking that going to a doctor who cannot properly diagnose a broken bone and send you on your way to a path of healing is a good thing. In fact, a doctor like that would be sued for medical malpractice. And yet so many people seem to prefer spiritual malpractice. They don't want the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to be told that everything's fine, that nothing's wrong, that nothing's wrong with them. People want to hear that the good life is all about doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it, regardless of the consequences. And all this leads nowhere, nowhere but death. What the scriptures say is, an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. And God does not want us dead. The Lord wants us fully alive. The Lord Lord wants our hearts filled with his love. God does not judge us to be weak, powerless, ungodly, and sinful in order to keep us down, to lower our self-esteem, or make us crawl in some gutter of shame and self-loathing. God has this almighty, sovereign power to diagnose our sickness. And he also has the power, he alone has the power to provide the cure. In the Bible, Jesus is often called the great physician. You can look this up in your Bibles. It's right there in Matthew chapter nine, and Luke chapter four. And this great physician, Jesus, our savior, suffers and dies so that we, the patients, can live. Listen to God's word again. God's love has been poured into our hearts. While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Friends, this is good news. God proves his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. And we will be saved from death by his life. This is the Easter season for Christian people. We celebrate the life that is ours in Christ. And the only way that you can truly live that you can have a heart fully alive is for God to fill your heart with his love and his grace and his mercy. And for you to accept the truth, the good gracious truth that God proved his love for you by dying on the cross in your place, that while you, while I was an enemy of God, he made us his friends, by suffering on the cross in our place. You see, God is not judgmental, but he is the judge of living and the dead. And listen, watch this. The judge sentences himself to suffer the punishment we deserve. Let me say that again. The judge sentences himself to suffer the punishment we deserve. You see, we're the criminals, we are the disobedient. And Jesus, the judge of the living and the dead, pays for our lawlessness with his own precious blood. I'm thankful that so many people are yearning to go back to church once the shelter at home and restrictions on public gatherings have ended. I'm so thankful that so many people have been going to church through the years, as did their parents and grandparents before them. It's a good thing that so many people, you know, live by the, the rules they were taught from youth. It's a good thing that people show up for worship. It's a wonderful thing that some people, faithful stewards, even put some of their hard-earned money in the offering plates to support congregations like this one here at Faith. It's great when people sign up for a class to learn more or volunteer to serve on a committee. These are all good and worthwhile things. But unless a person does all this with a heart that is filled with God's love, they're still as good as dead because God wants to fill up every heart with love and life. And when a person realizes that he or she needs desperately this holy love. When we acknowledge that God died for us so that we can live for him, well then, you know, showing up for worship, offering some money, signing up to help on a ministry team, those things can all be done the right way, the way that's pleasing to God, enjoying Thanksgiving with hearts that are fully alive. Friends, the next time you need to see a mechanic with some car trouble, remember that Jesus came seeking you out to take care of your spiritual trouble. He paid the price and took care of all the costs, the parts and the labor. He did this on the cross. The parts were those wooden, beams and he did it with his blood and the costly bill has been paid in full by jesus for you the next time you're in a waiting room to see the doctor remember that no matter how grim the prognosis may be jesus has come to make you fully alive so alive that no sickness no suffering no disease Nothing in all creation, not even death itself, can keep you down or keep you from a life with your Father in heaven who loves you with a perfect love. May the peace which far surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord this day and until we see the Savior face to face. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit,